Hi, this is David. I bet you've heard the saying that food is medicine. But the thing is, we also want our food to be quick and tasty. Factor has the solution. Their delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. They deliver prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including Kato, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more. Plus, there's extra things to enjoy. They have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, like snacks and smoothies, that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. You'll be glad to hear that Factor is affordable. I've done the math. and Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Right Living by Susan H. Wixon, published in 1894. Living will teach you how to live better than any preacher or book, says Goethe. But what is it to live? Is it simply to eat, drink, and be merry? Is it to learn a little, here and there, to laugh and play, to sleep, weep, toil, and battle from day to day, and from year to year, for food and shelter? Is it to bend every energy to the acquirement of wealth, fame, or position? Is it to sacrifice all for the applause of the multitude? Life is more than that. It has larger uses. It contains greater and grander results. It holds loftier and nobler aspirations. Its measure is flaming with the fires of truth, glowing with the gold of understanding. Life rightly lived is an inspiration an incentive to high effort, a means of true and sure happiness. The one who is worthy of the praise and gratitude of millions is the individual who can impress upon the minds of others that there is more to life than just a dig and delve for food and necessities. They will receive even greater praise and honor if they can show people how to so employ their time as to get the most out of life without harm to themselves or injury to others. Life is the great central force of everything we know or realize. Our concern is to improve, strengthen, and quicken the tendrils of right action in every way possible to bring to light the best forces of physical, moral, mental, and intellectual being. Life is not to count the days, the weeks and months, and by their measurement to say we are so old or so young. 
the sum of the years is not life. There is no age to the virtues. The harmonies that comprise the scale and scope of right living are always the same. They never change. Knowledge of the real and the faculty of applying it is that which is required to render life great and grand as the universe, glorious as the eternal truth. The capacity for right living is boundless as space. How to make the most of life, how to live it aright, how to fill it with the treasures of knowledge, the uses of wisdom, is a goal that everyone should strive for. Do not wait, begin the right life now, for there is no better time, no more convenient opportunity. But what is right living? It is human helpfulness. It is honesty of purpose. It is a steady aim for the right, an unflinching purpose to stand by the right at all times and upon all occasions. It is a full recognition of the power of the right. It is enlightenment. It is conviction. It is the courage of conviction. It is a deep sensing of the fact of universal human bonds. Right living is the lifting of the actual to the highest possible ideal. It is the making of earth a better dwelling place for all. Right living once mastered brings paradise to every home and heart. To make right living there must be the deep throbbing of a sound mind in a sound body. Life is more than breath and the quick round of blood. It is a great spirit and a busy heart. The coward and the small in soul scarcely do live. One generous feeling, one great thought, one deed of good would make life feel longer than if each year might number a thousand days. We live in deeds, not years, in thoughts, not breaths, in feelings, not in figures on a dial. We should count time by heart throbs. The one who most lives is the one who thinks most, feels the noblest, and acts the best. How then shall we learn to live rightly? One method is by observing the lives of others, and by noting the qualities that have made them happy, respected, and beloved, and then to apply those qualities to our own lives, as far as possible. There is no limit to the possibilities of life in its best development. Courage gives us strength to reach toward the highest possibility. First steps toward the goal are in the line of honor, usefulness, kindness, truth and affection. Right living is the process by which we find the work we are adapted for and the earnest doing of the same. It is to watch ourselves as a farmer scans the field. Do weeds spring up? They should be uprooted at once. Is irrigation needed? Are showers long in coming? A way must be found to bring water to the parched earth. The farmer seeks all avenues, 
to bring their harvest plentiful and healthy. Marcus Aurelius said that we exist for the sake of one another. Therefore we must teach them, or bear with them, and that the best way of avenging ourselves is not to become like the wrongdoer. It is important that we pass through life in truth and justice, with a benevolent disposition, even to liars and the unjust. We should observe constantly that all things take place by change, and accustom ourselves to consider that the nature of the universe loves nothing so much as to change the things which are, and to make new things like them. We are all working together to one end, some with knowledge and design, and others without knowing what they do. It is very possible to be a great individual, and be recognized as such by no one, so let us travel through our little space of time in harmony with nature and be content on our journey, just as the olive falls off when it is ripe, blessing nature which produced it and thanking the tree upon which it grew. Remember that right living is the mastery over those things which lead to or bring us shame and sorrow. It is by strength of the moral nature that evils are overcome. In order to be strong to resist and to increase and develop all that tends to nobility and greatness of character, certain qualities of the moral nature must be trained, educated, strengthened, because moral strength, moral force, is the lever that raises manhood and womanhood toward a lofty ideal. It is the practice of virtues that renders life delightful. Certain valuable qualities are within the nature of every one of us. The unfoldment, growth, cultivation, and adaptation of these qualities to positive ends should always be sought. Why? Because such unfoldment, Growth, cultivation, and adaptation applied to daily conduct tends to the betterment of the person and also to the well-being of those with whom they come in contact. What should we regard as moral? Anything that tends to the elevation and happiness of humanity is moral. Any power that lifts us up and places us on the solid ground of good sense sympathetic understanding and wisdom is moral. Any influence that makes you a better person, a more devoted husband or wife, a kinder parent, a more agreeable neighbor, a truer friend, a more genial and reliable comrade, a nobler citizen is moral. Anything that removes ignorance and instills knowledge is moral. One of the requisites of good morals is good health. A healthy body can sustain a healthy mind better than an unhealthy one. Therefore, we should be true to all laws of health and jealously guard every avenue through which might enter disease and infirmity. We should be careful as to the food we eat and the fluid we drink 
so that no harmful thing may enter our body and cause injury to our physical, mental, or moral nature, each being independent and interdependent upon the other. The true test of character is conduct, and the various combinations and qualifications that go to make up a virtuous person arise from what we term morals, the distinguishing traits that dignify, ennoble, and glorify humanity are morals, and every living person is entitled to instruction in morals, because such instruction operates to develop true women and men, honest and upright citizens, and these are the need of all times, in all countries. I am reminded of the story of Michelangelo once walking with some friends through an obscure street in Florence, discovered a fine block of marble lying neglected in a yard, half buried in dirt and rubbish. Regardless of his holiday attire, he fell to work upon it, cleared away its filth, and lifted it from the slime and mire in which it lay. His companions asked him in astonishment what he wanted with that worthless piece of rock. Oh, he said, there's an angel in the stone, and I must get it out. He removed the block of marble to his studio, and there with patient work, with mallet and chisel, he let the angel out. What to others was but a rude, unsightly mass of stone, to his educated eye was the buried glory of an artistic masterpiece. A mason would have put the rock in a stone wall. A road worker would have used it for filling in a hole or to grade a street. But Michelangelo transformed it into a sculpted artwork and gave it value for ages to come. What possibilities of virtue and usefulness may we not see in a child? Do we know how to get the angel out? Our children, men and women, to be only used for filling in, to lie amid dirt and gravel, or to stand out in the glory and beauty of true manhood and real womanhood?